Hey, Wild Fam, it's your host, Demaya, back at it again with another episode. What's going on, y'all? I know it has been a little wait for this new episode. One, all wisdom and inspiration on topics comes from God, and He was leading and guiding me in another area, but I'm back. Plus, I had to record this about three times, so forgive me. I want these sessions to be as raw and uncut as possible because I'm not perfect. I need God just as much as anyone, and I just want to be real because I am who I am because someone kept it real with me, and that definitely helped me. So in the midst of all of this chaos in the world today, God is still moving. And while I was in prayer, God began to deal with me about the injustice in the world. But he did not allow me to stay there. He pointed me to him. He is a just, fair, and holy God. God is the change. He makes the wrong right. He makes the difference. And most of all, he brings the justice. God brought to my mind that we live in a world full of broken, unjust people. Why? Because of sin. People's choices that they make don't just hurt them, but it hurts the innocent. Today we are going to read in scripture about how our choices sacrificed an innocent man who came to save the world, heal the sick, and deliver us from our own hurt and pain, who was killed for something he didn't even do. In the midst of this, God had a plan and he was in control. It may not seem like God cares to you and he is just sitting on a throne, kicking his feet, eating ice cream. But our God is a mindful God. Scripture says, The angels begin to say, who is man that you are mindful of them? God is a mindful God. We are always on his mind. So before you start kicking and screaming at God for not preventing the deaths and killings that you see in the world today, let's stop and realize that God seen it coming before it even happened and that everything that happens in our world has a purpose no justice but wait there is peace because jesus is our just king so before we go ahead and jump in on today's topic we did have a quick question from one of our wow fan members and she asked in deuteronomy why did god the prince of peace cause for so much death and killing And one thing I want everyone to keep in mind is free will. Free will is the ability to make one's own decision based upon their discretion. So is God the God of war or the God of peace? Let's jump back into Deuteronomy and Leviticus in the Old Testament and let's give a brief background. So God had chose the children of Israel and made them a nation. He created a culture. A culture is everything that makes up a society. So this included food restrictions, clothing, marriage, and house structure. 
God wanted to show a difference. He wants his people to be set apart. He chose Israel and made them his people to show the entire world how his standards, his expectations, and his culture is different from our own path. Since the beginning of the world, it has been good and evil. Going back to Genesis chapter 3, when there was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. And then mankind decided to take part, eat the apple of the tree of knowledge when we obviously couldn't handle it because God told them not to eat it. But man thought, even Adam thought, oh, it looked good. It looks pleasurable. I'm going to become a God. I'm going to know good and eat. Oh, let me eat of this fruit. And so this goes to show that man was given free will. And so as I began to research um, and go and dig deeper into this question, when God commanded the Israelites to go in and possess the land he had promised them back in Egypt, they were commanded to destroy all other nations. And so this is when um, she is referring to in Deuteronomy, when God calls for the people to kill and to destroy all other nations. So why is the, the, the big question. Where is the good and loving God, you may think? And so God began to reveal to me, it's not that God is not good. So in times of disaster, in times of chaos, in times of death and killing, it's not that God is not good because we know that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He is the same God that says in 2 Peter 3 and 9 that he wishes that no man perisheth, but that everyone comes to repentance. However, God is a God of judgment. And we don't like to see God as the judge. We like to see God as loving rainbows candy lollipops goody goody everything's good like that's how we like to portray God all the time but if he wasn't the God of judgment there would be no equity and no justice the wrong that is committed by individuals wouldn't be made right And we think and can even compare it to, you know, even though the system in the world is unjust, we compare it to a natural or real judge on the earth. When people go to court, people go to court about a lot of stuff. All that Judge Judy and the divorce court and all them shows that be entertaining. People go to court because you stole two bikes. Like, but when they go to present their case before the judge... The one who has been done wrong, they want whatever the case may be, they want it to be set right. And so that's the same way it is for God. So it's not that God's character changes 
from the Old Testament to the New. Because when the term Prince of Peace, this was um, a name given to Jesus in the New Testament. And so according to her question, it would seem that God changed. It would seem that, oh, in the Old Testament, he was just harsh and it was no mercy. And, you know, this, that, and the third. And, you know, you, you about to die today. Israel pulled up. They said, this our land and killed them all. The family, the kids, the cattle, everybody got to go. And it seems like in the Old Testament, God was so harsh. But then in the New Testament, it was like, oh, peace and harmony and joy and unity. But that's not the case. So it's not that God's character changes, but it's for the sake of his people. God is always looking out for his people. He's always looking out for his children. And sin can become intolerable. Like, I know y'all all, all, if y'all not the only child, but y'all have that one sibling that just be getting on y'all nerves and it just becomes so intolerable. Like, oh my goodness, I can't take it. Like, that's how it is for a holy God and the sin in this world that he created. So sin is so intolerable and God gets to a point like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. It got to go. It has to be destroyed. And so as we know, God hates the sin, not the person. And when the individual refuses to turn from its own destructive way, God has to take them out before they infiltrate or pollute others. And we all know that as young people, we're influenced by our peers, we're influenced by social media, we're influenced by so much. And so God is always looking to, okay, how can I set boundaries? That's literally all he was doing since the beginning of time when he set, he set marriage as a boundary. He set a lot of things into their proper perspective so that his children could be protected that's just like any parent and so as I have said the whole reason God the whole reason God told the Israelites to go in and destroy everything was because he didn't want them to be influenced by anything that was connected to these other nations these other nations served idols they offered their kids to idols they they ate stuff and served idols they had no intention on serving them everything had a purpose and that's something else like sometimes as young people we just follow along trends and we hop on bandwagons and not knowing the real meaning behind a lot of this stuff that is pushed and and pushed in our faces Like we have to be so careful of what we fill ourselves with because these things have hidden messages and they are pushing the agenda of the enemy. And also in Deuteronomy, not all the time does it say who was spared because there are a lot of examples of people who were not destroyed along with their nation. That's how we have the book of Job. Job was not a Jew. So it wasn't that God was a respecter of persons either because Job wasn't a Jew. Ruth wasn't a Jew. 
Rahab wasn't a Jew and there was even Egypt, I mean, Egyptians and other um, people and nations that came out of Egypt with Israel and they were not Jews and they were not destroyed along with the Egyptians. So the thing is, everyone was given a choice. So it may not say, you know, when they went into the land of Canaan and the Malachites and all the Kites and Knights and Jebusites and all of them. It may not say, oh, yeah, and the Jebusites, Jebusites, Jesus, three of them were saved. Like it may not go into detail, but when you look at the whole book, Ruth is a whole book in the Bible. So that means she was one. It may not tell of all of them, but she was one who was saved out of her whole nation. Job and his family were some that were saved out of his whole nation. And even Israel was destroyed for their own sins. So God, he refuses to allow evil to infiltrate his holiness. And so it's all about our free will, our choice, if we choose him. And if we don't, God only answers our prayers that we don't even pray. If we don't desire a life with him, if we don't desire, you know, to include him in everything that we do or don't even want him to be a part of our lives and we want to just do whatever we want to do, that's what he give us. He give us what we pray for, what we what we ask for. And so it's not that God changed. He just gives everyone a choice. And because those nations chose not to worship him, chose not to serve him and chose to sin instead and to do their own, go their own way and make their own decisions upon their own discretion, then that's what God gave them. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's basically what God was showing us in his word. You can't have your way and want God peace, want God's peace. Like you can't choose your own lifestyle, but want the benefits of God. So yeah, God is the God of peace, but he's also the God of judgment. Okay, jumping back to our topic of injustice. And it's crazy how everything is just flowing together. Because the issue in the world today is that everyone is operating out of free will. We're operating out of free will and some of us have a bad heart. If you're in sin and you're not serving God, we are operating out of a bad heart. Whatever facet it is, you're operating out of bad heart. You may not hate and kill your brother, but you may lie or cheat or whatever the case may be, or even be destroying yourself. So let's look at scriptures that define a man named Jesus, who was innocent, yet was killed by some unjust and sinful people. The world God made isn't broken. Everything God set in place is perfect. It's the people who live in the world. 
and in the people is a bad heart, bad motives, bad intent, unjust, sick, broken people. So basically, it's a heart issue. Why we see so much death and killing, whether it's in our own communities or it's race versus race or whatever the case may be. We see all of this because it's a heart issue. And for this heart issue, we need Jesus. Jesus knows how to do heart surgery. He knows how to take the broken and, and, and sick and sinful heart and turn and transform and and do a whole heart transplant. I mean, he's the best doctor, okay? He created us. He knows how our heart works and how our blood rain, run through our body and he knows just how to fix it. And so Jesus' death showed us that people in this world will be cruel, they will be unjust, and just plain evil. But his death was not just a product of unjust people. His death brought victory, a change of heart, and a change of perspective. We no longer have to be a slave to sin, to injustice, to brokenness, and to whatever bondage that you may be in. So let's jump ahead into Isaiah 53, 5 through 7. This is why Jesus went through all that he went through, not because he ever did anything, but because of what we did. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our sin. When they beat him, he was wounded for our transgressions for our sin he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him he was beaten so that we may have peace glory hallelujah and with his stripes we are healed he was beaten with a whip called the cat of nine tails. Now, young people, please go with me and recall a time when you were whooped with the belt. And it was just, you know, just one little lash, one little smack. No, 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 no. Jesus got me over here stuttering just how, how, how deep it was. Jesus was beaten with the cat of nine tails. Imagine a belt with nine lashes, nine little strings, but it has nails at the end. So every time he was beaten or hit with this whip, it it hit him nine times in nine different places and stripped the flesh off his back. And with those stripes, he was hit more than once. Nine times nine was 81. So that's Only nine times did he have to be hit and to be hit actually 81 times. And as I think about that, it says in scripture, he was 
beaten and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So he endured it all that our hearts may be healed. This is the solution. It say all we like sheep have gone astray. So you can't look at anyone because the only person you can choose and you can change to fix is yourself. He said all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, free will. We've all chosen free will. We've all chosen to do what we wanted to do. And the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Matthew 27, verse 32 through 56 is the record of Jesus' crucifixion. He was beaten with a whip. He was spit upon. Now, y'all, y'all know (laughs) if y'all grew up in a a black household, y'all know. Now, spit in this trifling, but they spit on him to show him it was a symbol of him being less than oh you came as king of the jews all hell king of the jews oh that was disrespect i'm going to spit on you the saliva i'm gonna hock up some saliva in my mouth and i'm going to spit on you he was mocked oh you claim to be the king of the jews all hell king of the jews put him on a robe on a crown the crown of thorns And this crown of thorns went on his head and they pushed it down on his head. And then he was abandoned by his disciples. No one was with him. They said, what are you with? Nah, I wasn't with Jesus. I don't know who, who it, I don't know who this man is. I ain't never seen this man. If you show me a picture, I still wouldn't know who this man is. Like they denied him. Peter denied him three times. And then he was rejected and despised. The word of God says, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by our infirmities. He feels and he knows exactly what we go through. And so it's just amazing to know that Jesus is our hope. And if you look and you concentrate on the world today and you focus solely on the world today, you'll have no peace. You'll have no joy. You'll have, you'll have no, no happiness. Because everything is always changing. It's always something on the news that's negative. And why? Because of sin. Because people have the free will. And if someone chooses to be hateful against their brother because of the color of their skin, they can do so. 
And in this world, the wrong thing can be justified as right. But that's why we can't focus on the world today. That's why we have to focus on Jesus. And let me tell y'all, please read, please read y'all Bible. Because if y'all think it's bad now, one, it's going to get worse. But also, there's nothing new under the sun. And so the world has been unjust. The system's been broken. And we can see that since it happened to Jesus. So as we go ahead and close out today's episode on the topic of injustice, I have a letter for you. Dear young black community, Do you have God on your side? If you do, you don't have to live every day in fear then. Fear of what someone may do to you. You don't have to feel like you are at a disadvantage. Because with God on your side, compared to a whole lot of people, you are at an advantage. God is in control. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't I don't think we always feel like that. I don't think we always understand and truly know that God is in control. I don't care what your eyes see. I don't care what you feel. God is in control. And when you live your life based on this fact, then you will not live this life as if you can't trust anyone. And that everybody is out to get you. God sits on the throne. Not the white man. Not the president. Not the corporate, the the CEO in the corporate office. Not your principal at school. Not kids in the classroom. Not your high school peers. Not social media, Instagram, not none of them. God sits on the throne. The just and mighty God who knows the end from the beginning. Who knew when and where you were going to be born. He said, I know the plans I have for you. This is the same God that sits on the throne. And there is nothing that goes down on the earth that God is unaware of. Just like we said in the beginning, God is a mindful God. He's not just up there kicking his feet, la-da-dee, la-da-da. No, he's not. God never goes on vacation. God never sleeps or slumbers. So why do we have to stay up late at night, depressed and anxious about what's going on in this world? God sits on the throne. And there's nothing that goes down on the earth that God is unaware of. So instead of focusing on man, the white man, whoever man, whatever man, instead of focusing on them, instead of focusing on this chaotic world, focus on God. 
Build a relationship with God and see where that takes you. It takes you so far to just to know that God is our source and that whatever we need, we can just go to him. It is so important to have a relationship with God because in the end, nothing else matters. There was a young man named David who was hated by a king who was in political power. And this is how we may feel just like David. He was chased by an army, lived majority of his life running and hiding. And we can assume, we can assume feeling at a disadvantage. And just to compare it really quickly, as the young black community who seems to be hated by the political power and chased by an army of KKK or people that are filled with anger and hatred for absolutely no reason at all, just like David. And we can feel, you know, majority of our life running and hiding and, oh my goodness, we about to get pulled over. Is the police going to be full of hate and just want to take our lives for absolutely no reason? And we can feel at a disadvantage, just like David. But something, something that stood out was that God had a calling on David's life. So if you're under the sound of my voice, God has a calling on your life. And the devil wants to kill you. The devil wanted to take David out the game. He wanted to erase him because David had a legacy to carry. God wanted to use David and God wants to use you. So whatever aspect that the devil can take you out the game, whether it's from your parents, your peers, your political society or whatever you're living in, he's going to use it. And I say, yes, the devil. Why am I saying the devil? Because we have to remember the agenda of the enemy and how he desires to take God's children out the game. The devil uses people to push his agenda. And all we see is, oh, the white man, this and a third. Oh, they hating. Oh, da, da, da. that's all we see. But let's take a face off of it. It's the devil. And they pushing his agenda to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Okay. Now that I see the agenda revealed, let me go talk to God about it. Because he already know the traps of the enemy. And he'll snatch you out time and time again. And so David stopped and realized, God is on my side. Hold on. He said, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm running. I'm, I might feel like I'm at a disadvantage. Hold on. Wait a minute. God on my side. So if God is on my side and he can see the traps of the enemy and he can, he's before and behind me, why should I fear? He said, I will not fear. 
what can man do to me? If God is in control of my life, whatever he allows is for my building. Whatever he allows, he knew I could take it. He knew that it was going to make me. It was going to shape me. It was going to build me into my best me. And my best me is like him. And my question for you is, are you trying? Are you striving to be like him? I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Because he was the best version a human could be. Everything he was, I'm trying to be. So everything God allows in our life is a lesson. It's a lesson learned. And it's going to shape and make and mold you into the person God created you to be. So just like David, realize God is on your side. You will not fear. What can man do to you? Stop living your life in fear. Just make sure you have God completely on your side. Make sure you have been born again with water and the spirit. And the Holy Ghost will begin to teach you and remind you that God is living in you. Scripture says greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. You don't have to fear. Because God is right there. And when you can't walk, God will carry you. And when you feel like throwing in the towel, God will hold your hand and comfort you in knowing that child, my child, daughter and son, this world is unfair. But you've been knew that since it happened to Jesus. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode. And I want everyone to remember that in the midst of injustice, in the midst of chaos, let God be your peace.